You're listening to The Bob and Bo Show. Here are your hosts, Ty Bob and Ty Bo. Welcome back to The Bob and Bo Show. I'm one of your hosts, Ty Bob. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore suavage underscore recently went viral. Uh, but let's not forget our <laughs> co-host, Ty Bo. Make sure to follow him and the show at Bob and Bo. Um yeah, no, we'll talk. I guess we'll talk about that. That was one thing I didn't cover. Went uh, recently viral. Uh, it was kind of neat. Um, still very uh, salty at Justin Reed uh, and the rest <laughs> of the media outlets. Um, yeah, if you saw that video, which I'm sure you did, that was mine. That was shot of the 65, 70-yard field goal. It was amazing seeing it live in Camp Tybo, and I went. Um I didn't even think it was your video, dude. Like the message I sent to you was like, "That's not your video," because I, I thought you would up in the stands and be watching it, but you were coming back from, like, no, the I was going to get in the water. Yep, I was going to. Yep, and and that's when oh. he he started hitting the he hit 53 <clears throat> 50 yarders in a row, and I was like, "Oh man, like I need to get this on camera." And as he hit the the third one, he started to move back, and I was like, "Oh, okay, now we're we're talking." <laughs> so I got my camera out quick, started filming. And boom, it was a 65-yarder on the first attempt. Like, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, he liked it. And then uh, screen captured and cropped my video, uh, put it up. It obviously did better than mine. Uh, <laughs> and then got stolen by all the media outlets, Pat McAfee, Sports Illustrated, uh, Yahoo, and Bleacher Report, so on. And so forth. <laughs> but but NFL did give me my credit. Thank you. Hector. It's not. I mean, I was going to say, you eventually got your credit. I don't think it's necessarily stealing. But I mean, I now know to it's put. Funny I, and it I now have. I mean, yeah, it, it's funny and it sucks. the The other thing is, is like I screwed up and didn't put it on the show's Twitter, so I, I screwed up in multiple areas. But I do now have software on my phone for watermarks and expect our watermark on every single video and photo that ever gets posted ever again. Because uh, Justin Reed, you got one on me. Fool me once, shame on me. Uh, but also. Uh, if you're going to be that kind of, yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to be that kind of guy, like, you know, just come on the show, give me five minutes. Uh, no doubt you're not listening. Yeah, I already tried that. Didn't work, sadly. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, camp was fun, but there's something that comes before camp and involves a little bit of camp. We've been teasing this for a couple weeks. You hit us up on Twitter. Thank you, at Jeffrey Vaughn, uh, friend of the show who has never been on the show. Um, you guys have wanted this. You deserve this. We've got a Tybo's Top 5 coming at you. It is Tybo's Top 5 Places to Eat in KC. It's uh, been long sought after, like two weeks <laughs> I finally gave it the consideration that it deserved. And, you know, I'll change in the name of the segment, but I'm sticking with Tybo's top five because it rolls off the tongue really well. This also, like my last top five, has way more than five things in it. But <clears throat> it is what it is. And it, it ain't what it ain't. And it's going to stay Tybo's top five. Um, I have a before... <laughs> gonna be a long segment now but i have a little sushi spiel about kansas city and a reason why there isn't a sushi restaurant in my top five but it's uh you know 
it's the theme of the talk is going to be about playing to your strength and strengths and knowing what you're good at and what Kansas city is not necessarily good at is sushi. And I don't mean <clears throat> there aren't good and great, fabulous sushi restaurants out there. I'm just saying as far as like cities in America, you're not coming to Kansas city specifically for sushi. There are a lots of, lots of good roles, lots of good different restaurants lots of good sushi in Kansas city, but I haven't gone to one sushi restaurant that had everything that I want exactly the way I wanted. There's different roles that I like at different restaurants and there's, you know, different quality in different places, but you know, blue sushi that we went to after camp was actually delicious, but there were some roles that were missing in my opinion that I would have, I would have liked, but won't get into that. Shout out blue. <clears throat> so that is sushi. Yeah, it's basically an honorable mention. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's good sushi in Kansas City out there, but if there's not a sushi restaurant in my top five. Uh, second honorable mention, just real quick, Lotus Hot Pot right by my house, Korean barbecue and a hot pot. It's, a, it's an experience. It's got great food. Noted. Uh, you guys should try it. Goated. Lotus Hot Pot. And we get into it. Taibo's Top 5 Restaurants places to eat in kansas city number five is technically two because it's a vietnamese spot there's one called sans sandwiches s-a-n sans sandwiches uh right by my house off north oak really close to hot pot actually um they share the same strip mall but you go there for banh mi's and pho and it, when you just order a banh mi and you sit down in the restaurant, they give you a little bowl of pho anyways. You can order pho on, on the menu separately, but when you just order a banh mi on the combo, they give you a little bowl of pho, and I like to dip my banh mi in the pho, and it's just such a great combination. It's delicious. It's authentic Vietnamese food. San sandwiches in the North Atlantic class, so you guys should try it out. <clears throat> but also at number five, because it's a Vietnamese spot, and the pho is a little bit better is Ifa Tower. Uh, it's downtown. I forget what street it's on, but it's really close to Hamburger Mary's. Delicious Vietnamese food as well. I think it's like a Vietnamese French fusion restaurant, but they have pho and classic Vietnamese food. It's delicious. Number four. Uh, Thai Bob just took this took me there after camp on Sunday before blue sushi in st joe there's another one in downtown kansas city uh pronounce it for me tyler il lazarone il lazarone neapolitan pizza it's the best bite of pizza i've had in kansas city by far it's delicious brick oven authentic neapolitan pizza it's a they have a tomato sauce and not like a marinara sauce it's a, it's a real tomato sauce absolutely fantastic it's actually even like a little spicy it was super traditional it was very good i also had a uh, spicy capicola and uh mascarpone pizza uh no red sauce it was oil i mean that place is just the spot sidebar that's where uh caleb and i got to meet tyreek last year after going to camp Yeah, good. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving on. 
<laughs> no, yeah, all all love to Tyreek, but yeah, fuck you right now, dude. <clears throat> Anyways, number three, maybe controversial, probably not the best Mexican restaurant in Kansas City because it's not technically a restaurant; it's also a bar, um, and it's a, a favorite brunch spot of mine if you can get in before the crowd. Um, in Westport, what is it called again? Sorry, Port Fonda. Port Fonda. Okay. Yeah. It's the food is great and the drinks are great um, at brunch. The Bloody Mary bar. I don't know if it's a bar. They have a, they have a decent Bloody Mary selection, but they're good if you're into Bloody Marys. But it's I mean it's a fun spot when it gets real real busy. It's maybe not as comfortable because it's a bar setup, but it's you know got really good food too but <clears throat> moving on um a a restaurant that's kind of niche like you have to like german food to go there but everything on the menu is spot on they do not miss when it comes to german german food the grunauer um next to it's near the crossroads or somewhere close there but delicious everything on the menu top to bottom is is fantastic and you just you have to like german food to like going there and i love german food my family has celebrated like i think a mother's day a couple different like special occasions there fantastic and like we share bites of each other's meals and everything like it's a it's one where you don't want to get the same thing as somebody else because (laughs) there's such there's like a short variety, but it's all good. <clears throat> and and number one, which sadly is technically five and one, and I'm gonna give you a quick ranking one to five on my top barbecue places in Kansas City because we're playing to our strengths. We know what Kansas City is good at. When I'm in the mood for it, the number one place for me to go is a barbecue spot in Kansas City. And my personal favorite from one to five in Kansas City, Gates, controversial, is number one because I love the sauce. And I don't care what anybody has to say about it. I love the sauce. It's my favorite. Vinegar boy. <laughs> love it. I, that's, I mean, I love Bloody Marys too now. Like, those are super vinegary. I, I love pickles. I, it's, it is what it is. I have my own taste buds. Number two, LC's. Classic, good barbecue. Number three, when I'm in the mood for it or when I have a little bit of extra money, 239. The barbecue quality is, is fantastic, but I wish they had better portions. Um, number four, Joe's. And number five, Slaps. But I feel disrespected. At, you feel disrespected? Joe's is number one. I mean, I have to be in the mood for a Z-Man. I'm not really getting much else on their menu, to be honest. This guy. And there's sometimes I am craving specifically a Z-Man, and I'll go to Joe's. But I, I, my top three, I just feel like have better tasting barbecue than Joe's. The disrespect. And Slaps is good, too. Like. <laughs> No, see, here's the thing, Tybo. You just named off a bunch of restaurants I've never been to nor heard of. So uh, we've got to we've got to well, one one on the list, one on the list, and my honorable mentions. You 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 know. Yes. 
Number four, Il Lazarone. You you took yes. me there. You know I that did. one. I know that you one. You know Hot Pot. I said I said some of them. I said some of them. Not yeah. all of them. Okay. Some of them. Okay. So we got we've got a list now that we need to go to. You, I mean, if you if you like German food and you haven't been to the Grunauer, like it's one of the highest rated restaurants in Kansas City. Let's get down there. <laughs> Let's I'm get down a- there. I'm a foodie. Well, that was <laughs> Kaibo's top five of the best restaurants in Kansas City. He gave you ten or nine. So congratulations to you. Thank you, Jeff Jeffrey, <laughs> for uh, for the submission. Got a few more. Do your research. (laughs) If you've got a top five that you want us to do, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at Bob and Bo Show. Um, It's an N, not an and. Let's get it right. Uh, B O N B O Show. That's right. Keep it moving from there. Uh, We went to camp. We talked about it a little bit. Obviously, the Justin Reed play. Uh, There were quite a few things that we were looking forward to. Uh, or looking for, I should say rather. Um, but I think overall it was a good experience. We hit there in the, in, in the morning, obviously practices in the morning gets too hot. I think it ended up being like 107 at the hottest part of the day. Um, so it wasn't too bad. That nice was, breeze. It was kind of getting there it, oh, when yeah. we were walking back to the car. But other than that, I was comfortable. I was fine. Yep. Sweat. Wasn't too bit. bad. Like, like last year, last year was bad. The uh, one thing that I didn't like, uh, obviously they had the uh, practice on the opposite side of the field where most of the fans <laughs> can't sit. So we did get to see most of it, but from a distance. Um, and so it was a little tricky. Maybe some of those defensive players could have taken a knee, looked a little bit more gassed for me so I could watch, uh, but they were yeah. waiting to get in. Uh, Tybo, what was your couple of favorite moments from camp? Favorite moments. Oh, um, the McColl grab, and at the same time, all the routes that he ran. Watching that, I think he missed one catch all day. One catch all day from one v ones to one or two. Team. One or two. Yeah, one or two from from the one on ones to the team segments. I mean, McColl looked refreshing yeah like we're we're always used to Tyreek being out there and grabbing passes and 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 whatnot but to see Tyreek in the role that he was playing was very refreshing to see a guy finally get an opportunity and make the most of it at least in camp and then the uh the little QB and coaches competition at the end of camp that was fun to watch yeah, so they, a, uh, they had a basket when, and they had three large, very large and tall dummies with helmets and cones on top of them as barricades or just something to throw over. It was fun to watch. Yeah, it was. They, they went through all of the uh, quarterbacks, coaches. Um, I guess there's, there's like four or five of them for some reason. Um, and then all the quarterbacks got to go. Uh, Shane Bouchelle looked the best out of them i would say he hit the most in the in the basket he, he made three didn't he he made he made three uh and then missed the field goal so they had three uh or four cones moving further away from the target uh you threw three at the basket and then your fourth one was to hit the crossbar of the goal post uh shane Bouchelle hit two or three in the basket and then just missed the uh the goal post nobody else did that well pat was just 
messing around uh, yeah. and hit the uh, hit the sides of the basket uh, and then nailed the crossbar. Nah, at the end. He, uh, he he knocked the cone off twice, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That is right. And he looked good. Um, special teams uh, look look very solid, fairly solid. We didn't get to watch a whole bunch of that, um, but we did get a close lookup of uh, one on ones with the receivers and DBs. I gotta say, man, um, Trent McDuffie is out there at camp getting absolutely worked. I think he defended, had a couple uh, PBUs on two or three plays that we could see uh, total uh, uh, for for all of the two and a half hours of training camp. Um, doesn't mean that he's not good. I, I think he's just definitely getting worked by these QBs and these receivers to uh, really get out of the mode of depending on physical or like really depending on your the things that you're able to do and not worry about your physical stature because he is going to be much shorter. He's only listed at five ten, and he's maybe that tall. Um, so I just, just not focusing. So like getting out of your own head, not focusing so much on being shorter and just play up and physical much like uh, LJ, even though LJ is, is fairly tall. Um, I, I think they're just picking on him a lot to get ready for what's going to come at him during the whole season. Uh, but some of the lo- rookies looked pretty good as well. I think that, I mean, what we, as far as what we saw today on Twitter and stuff like that, like, I think Trent's fine, but he, I think he looked good still at, at, at camp when we went, like he was in position um, and at least a, a, attempting to, you know, play the man and play through the hands like he that was it's been a focus all camp for him but I I don't I mean he was never really out of position like his his like his hip movement and his hands I think I think they're kind of where they would need to be you know like I I don't think he's gonna be I don't think he's gonna be a bad corner no I I don't think so what I mean more so is just like they're just picking on him quite a bit and I think um part of that is is like the uh, receivers and quarterbacks know exactly the way he is going to play. And so just trying to give him different looks and, and uh, the receivers know exactly which way he's going to turn his hips and where, and when he's going to dig and when he's going to cut. And so really trying to push that and pick on him so that he's ready for all sorts of different fits uh, come week one against the Cardinals. Oh yeah. He's the guy that needs the reps. Like Most definitely. Does, yeah. There, there were some of our other DBs that looked good, though. We had Jalen Watson and Josh Williams uh, that both looked good. Uh, most importantly, uh, Jalen Watson looked very good um, all day, getting his one-on-one reps, uh, locking up quite a bit. One guy I was thoroughly unimpressed with and have been and most likely will continue to be is MVS. I thought his routes were very sloppy. I think he caught two or three passes all day. Um, he was willingly getting locked up by DBs from what I could see and tell, uh, at least that's how, uh, effort, how little effort it looked like he was putting into his routes. And then, uh, yeah, just dropping McGee. You're, you're exaggerating him only catching two or three passes. He caught more than two or three passes all day. Uh, I promise you he did. (laughs) 
I mean, you're not you're not necessarily wrong. It didn't look great. I, and I mean, it, overall, the DBs like at the one of the things I was looking to see uh, when we were talking last week was the DB group impressed me, and they really did. So they, I, I mean, they were they were the better side clearly because you know um, the other thing I was looking to see uh, was it was the both sides of the ball being a unit, the defense. And the D's certainly were, but the offense was not. The offense had a lot of mistakes and, um, you know, miss, miscues. But I, I kind of am chalking that up to, like, you know, it was a, it was a Sunday. It was a, it's a two-hour practice. It's meant to be kind of light. It like, was a family fun day but, as well, so it was definitely a light practice. Yeah, yeah okay. it was a family fun day. Yeah. But, you know, I don't. I don't think I don't think Andy was <laughs> happy about it because no, I forget what happened after the three uh, false start penalties. But he was he was not he was, happy. He was <laughs> definitely yelling like a walrus. <laughs> it was not good. Um, no, we, then we we did get to see a bunch of one on ones with the defensive line and offensive line. Um, I will say Andrew Wiley looking very strong at the right tackle position. Um, no matter who he's going up against, um, especially George Karloftis, I, I will say George Karloftis is getting locked up no matter what side he's on. It doesn't matter if it's Orlando Brown um, or, or Wiley or Kennard or whoever they want to put in. Um, Karloftis is getting beat a lot. And that's not, that's not what I want to see. That's, I've, been, I've been sitting here bad-mouthing him since we picked him. I don't want him to prove me right. That's not what I want. I want to eat my words, but it, it's not, it's not looking good. He's young. That's <laughs> <laughs> all we can say. That's all we can say. I, there, there was another rep in there. Um, Chris Jones went against Trey Smith a few times and absolutely rocked him. And he just got off the ball, drove him three yards back, hit him with a little side swipe and was there. Um I don't know. What did, what did you take out of the, uh, the one-on-ones with D-line and O-line? Um, because of Carl Loftus's Loftus's Because of his performance, you know, I, I think Dunlap's probably going to end up, at least at the beginning part of the season, being in the starting lineup. Um, I'm hoping Carl Loftus takes – or is able to take the three games in preseason to really develop some of the stuff that he like is learning uh, in camp. But um, I, it, it's ho- it hopeful is, is how I'm feeling after watching that um, on Sunday, because we, we don't look bad on each side of the ball. We look really good on the offensive line. And there's some, there's some players on the defensive line that I think are playing a little extra great. So yeah, it's looking a lot better. Hopefully we can do at least a little bit better than the 29th-ranked defensive line. Um, wasn't a pretty year last year, and a lot of moves and shifting needs to be done. Granted, uh, I don't think we're going to be much better than that. I think no. lower 20s might be our big, best hope, middle of the pack maybe. but And, and there will be some changes coming as well. Um, Tershawn Wharton looks uh, apparently his numbers put him in the top 35 defensive lineman la- last year. I'm not sure 
numbers wise that that correlates <laughs> with what I saw on the field. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. Somebody linked it to me on Twitter. His, his numbers put him as a top thirty-five de- in, interior defense. As far lineman. as what tackles? Uh, defensive tackle? Uh, no, no, no. Just all of it, like uh, pressures, uh, pressures, hits, um, pocket movement. Like it, it was, it was all <laughs> weird. Like I don't. How many sacks did he have last year? Uh, not a lot. Not a lot. I, I don't know. Uh, we we did. To be fair, we did get a lot of QB pressures, but those pressures didn't turn into jack shit. As we saw against the uh, the the Bengals in the AFC Championship, uh, when we had about 15 sacks ready to go and missed every single one of them. <laughs> so I don't know. There yeah. there will be some few changes coming as well. Colin Saunders is uh, healthy. He is getting a lot of reps with the ones, uh, and definitely a lot of reps with the twos. I w- expect for him and Derek Nottie, uh to be switching in and out often, um, and yeah. and potentially. Uh, potentially Saunders taking over that number one role uh, I would expect by the end of the season. You think? Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's a large possibility as well. Derek Nottie's on a one or two year contract. Uh, Colin Saunders is still on his rookie deal and they've got to see what he can produce after being injured all of last season. Um, so I, I would expect big things out of him. He's a large athletic man. One of the things that we noticed that Tybo had told me while we were at practice is one of the first drills they were running was kind of get warmed up. And we saw Colin Saunders playing interior defensive line drop back into pass coverage. Yeah. <laughs> it was awful. That's not something I want to see from you. Wait, no, Don't I do thought that again. was Derek Nottie. I'm pretty sure it was Derek Nottie. No, it was, Still it was playing Colin the interior. Saunders. Either way, it's not what you want to see from an interior defensive line. <laughs> that is not what I want to see. That is no, not what I want to see. I <laughs> um, overall, I, I came away. I, there was one thing mainly that I was looking for, forward to seeing uh, what kind of grit our team, more specifically the rookies, had, and that was confidence. And that wasn't in confidence and swagger in the way that they play. Uh, more so, obviously a little bit there, but more so the confidence to believe in yourself and what you can do in the next play. And the one thing that I saw is no matter how poor of a rep somebody had, no matter how bad they played the entire practice, every single one of those DBs, defensive linemen, uh, even some of the young rookie receivers or younger receivers that we have, every single one of them stepped up and showed out on the next play, whether they got beat or not, they had the confidence to step up and believe that they were going to be able to make the play the next time. So be prepared to be watching these guys get beat this year. Cause it's going to happen. They're rookies and, and it's a football game. Like everybody gets beat. It happens, but watch their mentality and what they can do and how they come back out the very next snap. A lot of these guys, it looks like they have a Patrick Mahomes mentality, in his rookie year where you come out, you make a mistake and it's already gone. You're on to the next play. Right. Uh, and that's what I look forward to seeing these young guys be able to do is, is come out and just be confident in who they are themselves and let that exude through their playing ability. Yeah. And I would have to agree. I saw, I saw a lot of that too. I saw a lot of that on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the DBs, like I said, they impressed me. Um and like I don't, I don't even necessarily have like extremely high expectations of them, but I think, I think serviceable is is like a is like a good word to describe my expectation with our defense. Like I think we're going to be good enough to still win games with the amount of points we're scoring on offense. I agree. I agree. And I think our defense can do 
better than we have been. I don't, I don't know what that looks like realistically. I mean, Spags yeah. has had what a, uh, at highest was the 25th or 24th ranked defense. I don't know if we can top that. Um, we'll have to see what these young guys can do towards the end of the season. Um, but there's going to be a lot of heart and grit out on that field and it'll be fun to watch. Uh, Tybo, any last things from our camp observations? Just <laughs> how funny the whole Justin Reed situation is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, come on the pod. Come on. Real quick. Uh, yeah, no, it, it was, it was a fun day filled with lots of food and laughter. Um, and just a lot of fun to get to watch these guys play a little ball and get back into this football mode. Now, one thing that we did talk about camp going into today's camp on Tuesday, uh, Tybo had mentioned to me, Hey, isn't, uh, Darius fountain, uh, missing some practice time. And I didn't really think too much of it. He was at practice all of Sunday. We get to Tuesday's practice and Darius fountain, uh, Darius fountain is, uh, listed as injured. He did not practice today. And that got a lot of people talking on Twitter is what is going to happen with the 52 man roster and our receivers, what's going to happen. And the thought is, is what with Darius fountain being a large special teamer, he was going to make the roster to continue his special teams and maybe get in as a receiver every now and again, like he did towards the end of last season. Um, now our sh focus is shifting to is Josh Gordon going to make it now that Darius Fountain is kind of moving his way out potentially with the injuries, possibly going on the practice squad or, or a, a, some sort of injury list. Does, does Gordon make the list? We got this, this new kid, this rookie Watson and, and some of these other guys. Um, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on the Gordon situation, Tybo? Well, I think Fountain made, a lot of good catches when we were there on Sunday. Definitely did. He looked um, good. You know, as opposed to MVS and Josh Gordon, um, he I mean he made some impressive grabs, really. Um, but he he missed a day or two before we were there on Sunday, and then he missed some more camp with that growing injury. So, and he's missed um, some yeah, more today. People were worried that look he good. just didn't have enough camp time. Um, compared to some of the other guys. But I don't, it'll be interesting. I'm sure – I don't know if Josh Gordon wants to be on a practice squad or not, but, like, I, I have a feeling that if we don't keep one of them on the team, the other one's going to be on the practice squad. You know you know what I'm saying? He, yeah, no, no. And, and Gordon was on the practice squad towards the end of last season, I think, for a good solid four weeks or so. Um I, we'll just kind of have to see how it plays out because there there is a there is a bunch of rookies looking for reps and we can only keep six. But I'll tell you what, keep your eyes on Cornell Powell because uh, that kid for was sure. hauling in everything. I don't think he missed a ball that was thrown to him while we were at camp. So there should be an expectation for that man to be able to make the roster uh, and definitely get some most likely some special team snaps and work his way up to wherever he can get. Cause a kid, he, he did look a lot better uh, than he, he has hungry, been previously. For he, sure. Yes. Uh, we did have some news going into Tuesday's camp and coming out of Tuesday's camp. We've cut uh, defensive lineman uh, one Calhoun um, and then brought in a Danny one Danny Shelton, former top, five top 10 pick by the New York jets bounced around to the lions. I believe it was, he was with the jets. 
uh, bounced around to the Lions and the Giants and is now landing in Kansas City to help strengthen out our defensive line, uh, which is a, a big shout. Um, he was he is not impressed as we had expected him to or hoping maybe he can make that difference here in Kansas City because we absolutely need it. Uh, and then there was a defensive end that we went ahead and picked up as well, Tybo. Um, do you remember who that was? Uh, it was it was a, it was a tackle, Matt Matt Dickerson. Oh, Matt Dickerson at, at tackle. Um, so expect maybe a, maybe expect another tackle to get cut. Maybe um, uh, um, the uh, the Johnson kid um, who was filling well, in. Taylor uh, Stallworth um, had it, got an injury too. Did he? Okay. Well, maybe mm-hmm. we need all of our tackles then, because uh, that's that's not very good. Then we we have uh, seen Pacheco get a lot of reps with the ones today as well. Um, so it looks like for the foreseeable future, your number one and number two running backs are going to be Clyde Edwards-Alaire and sixth rounder out of Rutgers, Isaiah Pacheco. Which I had plenty of doubts, but you know whatever works. If this kid's going to be you know, something special, like let him play. So I'm all for it. <laughs> you can, I, you can say what you want about me afterwards, but like, <laughs> yeah. we'll figure it out one way or another. I will say that dude has a, a, a route running ability and some hands, the wheel routes out of the backfield look absolutely fantastic. The way he plays does remind me a lot of Kareem hunt with just his ability to find the hole, hit the hole, um, but as well to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, they are roughly around the same size, 5'10", 5'11", 216. Um, just fast. He's just, he, he runs a 4'3". He runs a 4'3". Like, that's, that is ridiculous speed for a running back who's 5'10", 216 pounds, and looks has the size bearing of Mike Tolbert just without the gut. No. You might be exaggerating just a tad with that. Dude is thick with two C. <laughs> but Pat was completing to Daryl Williams last year, and like, no offense to Daryl Williams, but like this this kid Pacheco looks, you know, a little bit crisper when it comes to the running back route tree than Daryl Williams. So look what, oh my God, just imagining what could could be out of out of that combo and you got somebody else like sky Moore, who's has been running out know, of the backfield like, as well exactly so what's what's about to happen dog <laughs> I, like i losing tyreek it, it sucks and we won't know what that looks like for two probably two years down the road but i think losing him and bringing in a lot of the guys that we have and potentially if we can keep a guy maybe like juju who did not get his neck broken on the first play of teams although it looked like it on Sunday um, and keep that guy around if he performs well. And man, like, I think Andy has a possibility to open up the playbook in a way that we maybe haven't seen before. And we thought that that's not possible, but we've got some guys on here who can move around, get the shift going, get different lineups going. You can take a, our receiver sky Moore and put him in the backfield. You can take Pacheco and put him out wide and do a lot of different moves. Like I think, Andy has a lot of 19, what was it? 1969 Rose Bowl shit coming straight in your face. He's just salivating. Like the big walrus has got a big, long drip of saliva coming down that tusk. Cause like, he's just like, look what I got. Look what I can do. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it's going to be fun. I'll mention one more thing before uh, I jump out of camp talk and we preview our first preseason game of the season. Uh, Andrew Wiley looking very, very strong at the right tackle position. I know that was a point of contrition going into the season, making sure that we have the left tackle uh, position solidified with Orlando Brown coming back. Now that he's back, we're trying to figure out the right tackle spot. Last year, starting out, it was Lucas Niang uh, who went down with an injury. We did bring in Andrew Wiley, who was serviceable through the whole season. Uh, and we do know that he plays, he can play all four positions on the line. He has, and he can continue to, and he has looked solid. Um, but something happened over the offseason where he, there's, there's something new about him. And I don't know if it's like, I just want a starting spot. I want to, I want to fight for my position and be there because he came into the league as a guard. Um, he's looking really good. It, it sounds like he's going to be able to fight off Niang for that right tackle position. And it sounds like uh, he's going to be able to bury Kennard in that depth chart just a little bit until who knows what happens. Hopefully nothing like last year happened with all the injuries. Um, but it, it, you know, if need be, we, we do have some depth and some guys who can move around on that line. Uh, but I will say Kennard does look uh, solid and serviceable if needed as well. That's what I was going to say. We do have multiple guys that are kind of flexible there. Wiley's probably the most utility guy, but if, you know, worse comes to worse, I think, I think we have good depth uh, on the offensive line for sure. That'll wrap it up for camp talk. Now we go into the most exciting news of the week and that is football's back, baby. We knew that with camp. We knew Football. that with the Hall of Fame game. But most specifically, bam, 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 bam. Chiefs Kingdom is back, baby. baby. We are ready to roll. We've got our first preseason game of the season in a shortened three-week preseason. We had that last year. This is year two of it. We're, we've got uh, uh, 18 weeks of football with one bye week. They're talking about adding a second. We don't know what's going on. We just know that football is back. And so kicking off on Saturday at noon, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs heading into Chicago at Soldier Field, taking on Justin Fields, potentially. I don't know. He's looked bad. And the Bears. Um, Duh, Bears. Duh, Bears. Tybo, what are you looking forward to most? Give me a couple things that you're looking forward to seeing most. Um, and how many series do you think that the starters will be in most specifically Pat and, and Travis? I'm going to answer that part right off the bat. It one series. I don't, I don't think they don't have a history of playing in, in preseason and it's, it's fine. We're fine. Um, no chance in risking anything whatsoever. No risking showing the playbook really like, one drive, even if you don't score a touchdown, let's let's let the let's let the younger guys who need some reps to get ready for the regular season um, actually play in the preseason games. Um, one series max. But I guess what I'm hoping for and what I'm most looking forward to is the offense to just kind of get a feel for itself and clean up the mistakes because you know, if they're going to make mistakes, I'm happy they're making them in training camp because stuff needs to be cleaned up by the regular season. And I really don't doubt the offense, but that's what, that's what I'm looking forward to. I want just kind of like little the tension that it was built up inside of me when I was seeing receivers drop passes and, you know, seeing the false starts from across the field. Um, I want 
that stuff to be over and done with in camp. And we, you know, get a little bit more comfortable with ourselves and stop making mistakes. I like that. Yeah. I think uh, for me, I'm going to say like Pat gets Pat, Patrick gets like no series. I think he's going to go out and end up being basically Derek Carr, just have his Jersey on on the sideline kind of hanging out and watching. We've got a 52 man roster to fill. And by week three of the preseason, we've basically got to have it figured out minus one or two spots. Um, we've got a lot of roster spots to cut down on and we're holding like six quarterbacks right now. Dude's got to hit the practice squads. Uh, obviously Henny's going to be our number two. Shane Bichelle is going to be sticking around. Um, so maybe figuring out some of these other guys, maybe working on some trades, uh, or getting something in return for, for some practice squad players. Um, I think we're going to see Clyde Edwards, Alaire and Pacheco get a lot of touches along with Rojo. Uh, the offensive line will probably scoot out fairly quickly, depending on right tackle situation. Um, we'll probably get Wiley out of there quickly because we know what he can do and get Canard uh, and some of these other guys some reps. Um, I'm going to be looking mainly forward towards, like Tybo said, mistakes, but I'm going to be looking for us to make mistakes. This is the thing. It's preseason. I want us to get them out of the way. You get them out of the way now, you don't have them later. You get to go back into film and fix them. Penalties, false start, what holdings, what, what uh, botch plays, not knowing the play. Like, let's get these mistakes out of here for this first game, get back into the groove of things and get ready to play some football. I'd rather get them out done now or in the first couple of games and then have them done and out of the way for the regular season. Uh, but I'm also going to be paying attention to these rookies on the defensive side. Obviously, we know we're, we're solidified with veterans on the offensive side. This defensive side uh, is going to be very heavy, and we're going to have large rotations. I want to see what these packages look like uh, when the defense rolls out there. Who's in nickel? Who's in the base? Uh, who, who's going to be the third down guy and, and rolling in and out of situations? Are we going to see Chanel drop back into coverage? Like I'm, I'm going to be watching that defensive side of the ball like a freaking hawk. Who's, who's going to be the Dan Sorensen and Ben Neiman package that comes Hopefully in on third no and fourth freaking down? Hopefully no one. <laughs> Hopefully no one because we don't have to worry about fourth freaking down because Daniel Sorensen isn't getting burned out there on a three-yard out. Awesome awful no i'm i'm excited it's a noon game it's good <laughs> for those of you listening uh tybo just threw his hands up for like tyron matthew did every single game uh and how he will for every single game this season as a new orleans saint like man this dude followed here <laughs> no he he followed him then oh, swords inside first <laughs> oh, anyways what a dumb move. <laughs> uh anyways he's yeah home. No, I'm, he's home he is home. He's happy. He's good. He's there with juice. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of which, uh, Jameis Winston got rolled up on, rolled his ankle. We don't know how bad that is. We'll have to we'll have to see if they play. But uh, yeah, boys and girls, Saturday football is back. We have football. no more. We have no more weeks without football. We've got two Saturday games followed by a Thursday game at the Packers with a week and a half off before we go into Phoenix, Arizona and take on the uh, small man. Uh, I was going to say another word, the small man and the Arizona Cardinals. Mighty Mouse. Mighty Let's address mouse. him properly. <laughs> hey, man, that's, that's, a, that's Demetrius Johnson's nickname. Come on now. Don't disrespect that, man. I've heard a lot of people call Kyler Mighty Mouse. I haven't heard that one yet. I like it, though. I do like it. 
Well, Tybo, anything else you have before we ship off for this week? Aren't we talking about uh, the clips we saw from today? We Yeah, we covered it. Oh. Well. Solid. Are you? <laughs> Solid. I touched on them a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Is there anything in particular that you wanted to cover from the from uh, Tuesday's camp that we did not talk about? Uh, <laughs> Dunlap straight up sacked uh, Chad Henney, and yes. uh, D line coach was a little upset about it. Yes, but uh, I like it. <laughs> Dunlap's hey. ready to be a starter. Karloftis is looking bad. Like, <laughs> it, it's Chad Henney. It wasn't Patrick Mahomes. It, <laughs> as long as it's not Patrick, I don't care if a quarterback gets hit. Like, the backups are going to be replaceable. It, it, does it suck if somebody gets hurt and gets rolled up on and goes on the IR or the pup list or whatever? Yeah, it I sucks. still couldn't find a video of it. I just saw I still have about found it, a video. But yeah. No, uh, at, or, I would yeah. like to see how bad it was. But <laughs> it, I'm, From what Twitter and Aaron Lewis on Twitter uh, from, I believe, 41 Action News made it sound like it was damn near a Leo Chanel college hit. Death Row, so we'll have to see. I don't he's know. gonna he's for... gonna be back on Kyler Week One, and I'm gonna I'm all for it. He's gonna oh, yeah. he's gonna eat him alive. It'll be fun. Well, Tybo, there's nothing else. We thank you for joining us. We will be back next week, the post show. Uh, so make sure to stick around for that. Uh, but most importantly, and as always, go to so, Cheers.